Please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 94. Psalm 94. While you're turning there, we live in scary times. I'm afraid. North Korea is shaking its saber. Our president is stirring up uh, the man that, that rules over North Korea. We have a mass shooting in Las Vegas. Iran nuclear deal seems to be up in the air. Obamacare has been obliterated by the stroke of a pen. Antifa is causing strife in our streets. Millions of babies are still being murdered every day for the last 40 plus years. But Jesus Christ cries out, peace, be still. That's right. This psalm may be a little obscure, not as good as, as many of them in my judgment, if that matters. But it's got a great verse, and I'm going to focus on verse 19, which is, In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Amen. I'm not going to give a verse-by-verse -verse explanation of this psalm. It's not worth diving into all of the negative thoughts, but I will give a quick overview so that the context will help you understand what I think is the key verse, 19. It's divided perhaps into seven different divisions, but I'm not even going to tell you what those are because that's not pertinent to what I'm going to bring to you today. Um, let me read Psalm 94 to you, and then I'll give you a quick uh, overview of the context, and then let's talk about that important verse. Read along uh, with me as I read aloud. Psalm 94. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth. O God, to whom vengeance belongeth. Show thyself. Lift up thyself, thou judge of the earth. Render a reward to the proud. Yes. Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? How long shall they utter and speak hard things? And all the workers of iniquity boast themselves. They break in pieces thy people, O Lord, and afflict thine heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger, and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, The Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Understand, ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? He that chasteneth the heathen, shall not he correct? He that teacheth man knowledge, shall not he know? The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are vanity. Amen. Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law, that thou mayest give him rest from the days of adversity, until the pit be digged for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance, but judgment shall return unto righteousness, and all the upright in heart shall follow it. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. When I said, My foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. Amen. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by a law, 
They gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous and condemn the innocent blood. But the Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. And he shall bring upon them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. Yea, the Lord our God shall cut them off. And amen. Thank you, Lord. Okay, a little bit of context. If you want to take a look at verses 1 through 7, the psalmist is crying out to the Lord for deliverance. You know, the little list I gave at the beginning pales in comparison to what the psalmist is saying is going on in his land and the oppression, the workers of iniquity that are there to harm God's people. We dwell in safety in in our country, but we get shaken up about these things that we listen to on the news. Verses 8 through 11, he's got some rhetorical questions which are so absurd when you ask, does the Lord who formed the ear, is he not able to hear? I mean, you know, it's really mocking uh, them for thinking that the God, the God of heaven doesn't know what they're doing. And he concludes with the Lord knows that they only have vain thoughts. They're less than nothing, those thoughts that the wicked have. And so then in verses 12 and through 15, the men are, are blessed to be chastened and taught. We are blessed to be chastened and taught and have the knowledge that we have. And we're going to leverage that knowledge today. Experience brings patience, and patience brings hope, the Bible says. And that knowledge helps us build our faith that God doesn't cast us off. Verse 16 is yet another cry out for the help against evildoers. And think of it as provoking the Lord to anger. Because what would you do? If you're a good father, wouldn't you be provoked if your son or daughter was being bullied? And that is what the God of heaven is looking at here as his son cries out to him against these evildoers. Verse 17 starts out with unless, which betrays the solution we're about to have, because the Lord did. Unless the Lord had done what he had done, he wouldn't even be writing this psalm because he would have been in the grave in silence. But despite that apparent death that was approaching, God rescued him. And just as Asaph lamented similarly in Psalm 73 that about almost slipping due to the prosperity of the wicked, he says that until he went into the sanctuary in, in Psalm 73 and then saw God and then understood their end, yes. and that was comforting to him. Right. Verse 19 is our key verse, and I'll be right back to it momentarily. Verse 20 and 21 are more proof of the iniquity abounding in the wicked who do wickedness like righteous men keep the law. We keep the law, we're constrained by the law. Wicked men do the wickedness because it's as a law unto them. And then finally, the last two verses is remembering that the Lord is a defense and a refuge that will judge the wicked and cut them off. So there's no need for you to be concerned about it in the first place. He will take care of them. Okay, that's the context of Psalm 94. So look at verse 19 again with me. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Okay, let's start with the problem. The problem is the multitude of thoughts. That's a problem. Don't think that he's commending these multitudes of thoughts. Thoughts can be destructive. And you have an opportunity. Asaph nearly lost his mind thinking about the troubles and wondering if God had forgotten him. Why are you asking unprofitable questions, even in your thoughts? They can hurt you. Those unprofitable questions like, has the Lord cast off forever? What kind of a question is that? 
Deep thinkers need to beware. If you consider yourself a deep thinker, be very careful. Your thoughts are dangerous. Asaph said his negative thoughts were his infirmity in Psalm 77. Infirmity, his weakness, his sickness. They were un, he was unable to rule them. In fact, let's turn over to Psalm 77 a few pages back because I've got, I love Psalm 94 and this one verse solution yes. is wonderful, it is. but there's details that we can get from Psalm 77 that explain what these comforts are that are delighting the soul of the psalmist in 94. Our text doesn't offer a detailed solution. It just calls it the comforts of the Lord. So what are these comforts? Um, there are comforts. It says there are. So what are they? Well, Psalm 77 has the answer starting in verse 11. Asaph wrote the answer here. Remember his works and his wonders. If you remember the Lord's works and wonders, you will have comfort because you'll understand him and his deliverance. Meditate on his work. This is just a, a list. You can flip to Psalm 77 anytime you want. I've got these underlined in my text so that I remember what I need to remember to comfort my soul. Talk about his doings, verse 12 says. Speak of them often. Go into the sanctuary, which is the house of the Lord, verse 13 says. That's why we're here today. One of the reasons, one of the benefits we get for being in the body of Christ in the house of the Lord is delighting in his comforts. This is a comfort to be in this house with you. Declare his greatness. You're going to have a break between the two services and you're going to be able to hang around for a few minutes after the service. Declare his wondrous works to your brothers and sisters. Right. Tell of his strength, verse 14 says. Tell of his strength in your life and in and the strength that you draw from each and every day of your life. Consider his deliverances of the past in your life, in verse 15. And 16 through 19 says, it tells us to remember about his power in creation like thunder and lightning, which are glorious displays of his power. Yes. Yes. Verse 20 says that we should recall Bible stories right. for deliverance. So we have this, we have solutions. We have these comforts we can delight in. Paul said it this morning in our prayer, in, in the back prayer room, Peter tells us to gird up the loins of our mind. Yes. You don't have to think the thoughts that come to your mind. Stop the thoughts and think better thoughts. Yeah, I just yeah. gave you a list of thoughts that you can think about. Here's some more. How about remembering that the purpose of tribulation from Romans 5 is patience, because tribulation worketh patience, and patience worketh experience, and experience hope. Amen. So you can think about your own experiences of tribulation and know that you've been delivered before, right. and you're not going to have to be concerned about it, and you've got other ways to look at it. You can turn to Psalm 42 or 43, depending on the length that you want to read. The shorter one is 43. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Yes. Hope in God. Amen. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Notice that the word in our text, which is verse 19, I had you turn away from, if you want to turn back to Psalm 94 now, if you kept your finger there. The verse says, after his thoughts are, the multitude of his thoughts within him are causing him trouble, thy comforts delight my soul. Amen. The word is delight. Yes. Delight. Get excited. Yes. What are you waiting for? What else matters? Is there not a cause? Amen. Where is your passion? Where does it lie? Can you stir yourself up against the angst that might take over your soul if you keep thinking this multitude of thoughts? Why are you so cruel to yourself, wallowing in fear? Right. Stop being so cruel to yourself. Right. Delight occurs 
15 times in the Bible, the word delight in our English Bible. A couple of, of phrases here. Um, for example, Psalm 1-2. Most of them are in the Psalms. Actually, it is 15 times in the Psalms. It comes, it comes 15 times in Psalms, and it's more than that in the rest of the Bible. Here's a few, a sampling. The blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord, Psalm 1. Do you delight in the law of the Lord? Right. God's delight is in his saints. He delights in you. Is that not enough to make you delight in him? Yes. Thinking yeah. that the God of heaven delights in you? Delighting in the Lord brings a fulfilled heart. Psalm 37 gives us our heart's desires because we delight ourselves in the Lord. Godly men delight to do his will in Psalm 40. Wise men delight in his word, his law, his statutes, his testimonies. Psalm 119, several delights in Psalm 119. Amen. And you know that singing is a type of delighting. According to Ephesians 5.19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord right. is delighting. So let me ask you a question. Why are you watching the news? Amen. Are you crazy? Yes. Right. Why? Does it help you or does it hurt you? Do you really need to stand around the water cooler talking about this garbage like everybody loves to do? Does that help you? Does getting it off your chest make you feel better? Not me. It makes me feel worse about what's going on in the world. Can you change anything because you know? What are you going to do about it? Fret? You can't even change your hair from black to white. What are you going to do about North Korea? So cut it out for a few weeks and find out how you feel. Talk to Brother Mark and ask him what's going on in the world. He's going to tell you he doesn't know. The Lord sits on his throne and he's not worrying himself about it. Are you going to do better than the Lord? Is every king on this earth in the palm of his hand? Is he able to turn their hearts? Why are you fretting? Stop listening to the news. Okay, Psalm 94 is great. Don't read the first, you can read the first part. We, we don't have the, the negatives that um, the psalmist is talking about. There are plenty of negative events in our lives when I read a psalm like this, I start listing all my enemies in my head and all the situations in my life and how terrible things are as soon as I start reading this psalm until I get to verse 19. And then I flush all those things because none of them matter. Right. Dwelling on negative can be destructive, so don't dwell on it. Rule your thoughts. God does remember when we sigh and cry for the wickedness of the earth. And we do sigh and cry. You're not going to be insulated from the news, even if you never watch it. You'll still hear it. But Ezekiel 9.4 says that he, he does take note when we sigh and cry, right. and I do. But let's not dwell on it, because if we overthink these things, it destroys our joy, and then we're disobeying the command yes. by Paul that said, rejoice evermore. Yes. Gird up the loins of your mind and rule your thoughts, and remember that experience of Bible characters, your own experience, and the experience of the brothers and sisters around you can be there to build up your faith, to hope, so that you do not get cast down by negative events in your life or, or in the world when you're thinking about them. May Jesus Christ be praised. Amen.